All right, everybody, welcome back to our second episode of College Football Sunday. In this episode, we'll be talking about the SEC West and doing a preview show for everybody. Um, I'm Steve. With me always is Taz. What's up, folks? Yeah, I had to pay him 400 grand since we're paying for players now, so <laughs> don't worry, Taz. Check's in the mail. Straight cash, <laughs> homie. <laughs> All right, so let's go on and get started with the number one topic. It's so crazy. We recorded our last one about the NIL on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, college football world just blew up. So what's the big news out there, Taz? Jumbo and Nick. And Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, so if nobody don't know, which everybody probably should know by now, is that Nick Saban came out and said, Jimbo, you pay for all your kids in the recruiting class that you had. And Jimbo didn't take quite like quite kindly to that. Well, Nick knows Jimbo. Jimbo knows Nick. We, we understand why Nick did what he did. It's out there, appealing to the boosters trying to uh, keep up with the NIL landscape. But to call out Jimbo and also Jackson State is uh, a no-no. Yeah, especially when you can't really – it's funny, it's different if, you know, if you don't break the rules or if you haven't paid players or something like that. But we all know it's always been going on. It's right. just now it's legal. Like Steve Spurrier said, he's like, oh, did – um." Did he lie? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, the, game, the game's been the game like it is. Players, boosters, coaches, administration, everybody knows what's been going on. Even, even, even fans from the outside know what's been going on, you know. But it wasn't that big of a deal because, you know, it was fair at the time. You're not paying, you know, kids all across the board. You're paying probably your top players um, as they come in. But now, I mean, with – you got boosters really involved and openly involved and legally involved. It's very, very rare that um, Lane Kiffin comes out and says that he's speechless. <laughs> <laughs> and then I read something where he commented about it. He said, to quote him, he said, it's not the size of the stadium. It's not the head coach, not the campus or the conference. The number one thing will be money. And would you blame him? No, just follow the dollar, man. I mean, everybody's trying to get the advantage. And right now, the advantage is who's got the money. Exactly. That's the advantage. You got the money, You can now, now you can talk to the kids. You got his attention. You're not talking money to majority of kids. All kids, like I said, all of them not after the dollar. Dollar's not the first conversation. Although Arch Man is a rare situation that, you know, he don't have to talk money first. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you know, so he can go in like a normal college kid and look at depth chart, you know, look at uh, how the team's improving, coaching staff, who's in place, who's on the hot seat, stuff like that. So he can look at it totally different because the cash is already there. Or maybe even some cats like Trevor Ntienne, his brother's in the NFL, he may not have to talk cash, or you got cats that, you know, dads played in the league or something, has got money. Oh, yeah. You know. I just really wish, though, a follow-up question would have been to Jimbo when he started going on that span about Nick Saban. If somebody would just came out and said, so, Jimbo, you say that he did all this to <laughs> go back and check his record, and you was there, so... Give us some insight, Jimbo. Um, no. Where are the bodies? That's what we want to know. Where are the bodies, Jimbo? Well, I don't know. Who, who knows Jimbo outcome? Jimbo know he know where the body. Everybody know that. But Jimbo's like, look, to even go further confirmation, talk to his previous coaches that coached with him. They'll confirm what I'm saying. 
Exactly. And it really aggravated me afterwards because you saw all these. The one thing I'll give Nick Saban and Jimbo through this whole argument was they put their name on it. Doesn't nothing aggravate me more than I see a quote and you're like, oh, I wonder who said that. And it's um, division group of five head coach or power five athletic director or put your name on it. I mean, if you know it, say it. Hell, that's what I mean. Put your name on it. That's what everybody knows out there. Exactly. So, I mean, discuss it, discuss it. But I mean, of course, you know, in in this um, this group of coaches or whatever, you know, they have these these um, no talk rules and stuff like that, or coach laws, man laws. And, oh yeah, you know, I mean, there's that. unwritten rules and yeah. there's certain things you don't cross. <laughs> but so I mean, and everybody's heard about everything that we all know about that and everything. So let's go on and break down this SEC West. For y'all right here. Last year, the SEC West, just the West Division, had six NFL picks in the first round. They had a Derek Stingley from LSU end up going to Houston, number three. A lot of talent was lost out of SEC, but the SEC, they just keep reloading, reloading, reloading. So, I mean, coming back, and I think, is probably the best defender in college football, Will Anderson. Will Anderson's going to be a beast. Been in the league um, for a couple of years, but the benefit is he's not battling, you know, certain guys coming out. Cause a, a lot of teams right now, they're all looking for pass rushes, but I mean, you got to look at it. You got, well, I'm probably debating. You got what? Five, six Georgia dudes to come out. Oh yeah, of course. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They had six picks just in the first, or just in the first round themselves. Correct. And then you can probably credit some of that to Jeremiah Johnson at Florida state was transferred from Georgia. They could have, Took some credit for that one. Yeah, you know? that's but, true. But now you're talking Will Anderson pretty much right now to be the lone dude by himself. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. You know, And Alabama bring back probably the best D-line in the country. They do, or at least in the conference, I would argue. But um, we also do have some newcomers, some transfers that came in that we had a list that we made up for to look out for for the newcomer of the year in the SEC West. The first one we got on here is that Gibbs, the running back from Georgia Tech. Yeah, Gibbs Gibbs put up major numbers at Georgia Tech. Exactly. At Georgia Tech that didn't <laughs> didn't have a lot on offense. I mean, they had a returning quarterback, things of that nature, but as far as the team, um, not much of you know, skilled players on the outside, you know, so he was the offense. Oh yeah. And then uh, we also got that Hasselwood from Arkansas from Oklahoma. I think he's gonna be a real good asset. Coming back since Arkansas lost their top receiver coming out last year. Put up some really good numbers at Oklahoma. Seemed like everybody dipped out and left Oklahoma after Lincoln Riley decided to leave. And then everybody just hightailed it out of there. Correct. Now, in Hasselwood, like I said, he, he come from a, a up-tempo type offense. Something that's similar to what Arkansas is running out. Kendall Browse mm-hmm. is running uh, that type of uh, offense in Arkansas, even though he's in the SEC. So uh, he should fit right in. Big body guy that you're going to need in the SEC because these DBs are big now. Exactly. You know I mean, you don't have too many, you know, 5'10 guys anymore. I mean, if they are, most likely they're probably in the slot. But on the exterior, you're talking, you know, 6'2", 6'3", dudes on the outside. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. Especially out there running out wide in the SEC. You got to have a big body, big hands, nice frame, everything else. Another one that we got is a Zach Evans running back. Went to Ole Miss. Yeah, Zach. Zach. Zach was one of those guys that, uh, as far as my remembrance, chose TCU because he was in that. He came out actually COVID year. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so he wasn't really able to take visits, official visits, like he wanted to. So he uh, just kind of went, I guess, with the home state, which was smart. I mean, you were able to kind of visit them. You weren't able to travel as much to you know around the country at the time. But being home state, you probably eat a lot easier to and familiar with some of the coaches because they're probably recruiting you since like eighth grade or something. Oh yeah, of course. And he's from North Shore, East Side, Houston, Texas. So I got a little. Kept my eye on him a little bit. Kind of local for me. <laughs> Seen a lot of North Shore High School football games coming up. Yeah, so with that and our newcomers and everything, we're going to go ahead and break it down. And what we'll do in all these episodes, we'll break down team by team, let y'all know what's coming back, what to expect. And then at the end, we'll go through, we'll do our predictions, games to look for, who we're picking, and everything else. And we all know what they did last year so we ain't gonna speak on that too much about last year but so the order that we go by is the order in which they finish not in the order in which we picked them to actually finish this upcoming year so with um alabama we'll get started with they got a lot they got some defense players returning their secondary was really young last year yeah yeah got a lot of experience though <laughs> i'm not talking about throwing in the fire experience yes and and, and really at the on the biggest stage experience exactly you know championship game you out yeah. there probably nervous and you're playing a team that's really hungry to beat you because i mean you you embarrassed them you know the previous game you played them in sec championship exactly so, so they have a lot coming back they do defensively and like you said the secondary is super young great reps they bring their quarterback back bryce young he'll be back it's gonna be hard Put up, especially once kids go and they win the Heisman one year and they come back and try to match those similar numbers. I think that might be difficult with the receiving core that they lost. Correct. But then they brought in a couple transfer, one from Georgia, one from Louisville that can uh, spread the field. And that's one benefit that Alabama's had to have a lot of speed, skill positions. That way it makes it a lot harder to defend. And if they can spread the field, then you got to do like Gibbs can kind of work underneath. You know, exactly. that run game and keep those safeties out of the block. So, it'll be interesting. I mean, Alabama, they they do what they do. They're going to run the ball. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so. And if that Gibbs could put up yards at Georgia Tech, imagine what he can do behind that Alabama offensive line. Yeah, yeah. That is. I mean, their top receiver coming back was their tight end that had 26 catches, 410 yards, and eight touchdowns. Yeah. That's a lot of production that they lost at the wide receiver position. But still, with all that being said and everything, I still believe they'll win 10 games. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what they do. I mean, and, and it gives an opportunity to to refocus. I mean, because a lot of times, you know, these kids come in and the train just rolling, rolling, rolling. They go in and expect to win. And who I'm quite sure, I mean, Nick tried to stay on them a lot. You can tell there's certain games that he's just had to get on them to kind of get them up for certain games. Exactly, because they kind of get into a lull. Yeah, they do sometimes, yeah. and that's why he'll come out and have his press conferences and all that, and then blow up at the guys asking them how practice went, and <laughs> <laughs> kind of sends a message to his team subliminally, I guess. So yeah, and with Alabama, like I said, probably still win ten games. I mean, the train's gonna keep rolling, they keep reloading, and stuff like that. So with our second team, we got we got Ole Miss coming off the program's first ten win regular season, and I love him to death, Mr. Lane Kiffin. Mr. Lane Kiffin. Now, uh, Lane's going to do what he do. He's going to put up points uh, as long as he's got a, a, a quarterback. And he does now, I think, in Jackson Dart. But he also has returning quarterbacks so that's familiar with the uh, the offense also. And adding skill guys like 
or Zach Evans, you know, is try to open things up. Because you have to. You have to be multiple. You can't be one-dimensional, and really, in any game. But in, in this league, because it's week to week, it's like you're preparing for this team. You only got a few days, and next up, you might have a dude like Mike Leach. Exactly. You, know, you got to prepare for him. Yeah. You know? And he'll go for it no matter where he's playing at. He don't care. And we got 95 yards to go, and it's fourth and 30. We're going for it. Chance to say what analytics say. (laughs) (laughs) Which I cannot stand analytics. but And they also got two new running backs. They got the Zach Evans, and they also got that Bentley kid from SMU. So the backfield is going to be loaded. They lost their leading receiver, Ely. They did. He ended up going off and getting drafted. They lose Correll, but they brought in Jackson Dart. So I, mean, I think Lane did a very good job in replacing what he lost. I yeah. do. Another thing, also DJ Durkin, right, the defensive coordinator. I'm not sure. I would have. To I think it was up. this year that they lost DJ. DJ's over at uh, with Jimbo now, Texas A&M. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he sure did. Yeah. yeah. So that's another thing you got to look at as far as defense wise and scheme is what you know yeah. they're running. Yeah, they got a new OC. They do. I got Charlie Weiss Jr. Charlie Weiss. You know a little bit about Charlie Weiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started. Are y'all still paying him? (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably senior, not junior. (laughs) Junior, Junior's had a couple of jobs since then. So, yeah, we're probably paying senior a little something, something. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a situation, like, when you get in the spots like this, it's different schools, and I've always wondered, like, all right, you're Lane Kiffin. You know you're calling the plays. But I hired an offensive coordinator. For yeah. what? To run practice? Yeah. But another thing is he, he's another coach that he's familiar with. Oh, yeah, of course, because they work together at Florida Atlantic. Correct. But who's calling the plays on Saturday? Yeah, he'll be calling them. But as far as the prepping and everything, he'll probably do all the prep work. You know what I'm saying? And just putting things together, doing, you know, game plans and stuff like that. Yeah. And then communicating with Lane. Yeah, I think he'll be more of a personnel. Yeah. Set up type of guy. Yeah. And looking at their schedule, I mean, they get past Kentucky October 1st. They'll be 6-0. Yeah, yeah. Running that, in, out of the jump. I think they got a real good opportunity. They're going to need to be 6-0. and Oh, yeah, of course. Of at course. least 5-1. and one. They're going to need it. Yeah, because then, um, like I say, if they can run it like that, they have a great opportunity for Elaine to pull off another 10-win year. And I know this sounds crazy, you know. It's like, oh, he'll win 10 and he'll win 10. No, I'm not just saying that everybody in the SEC is going to win 10 games because there isn't 10 games for everybody to win in the SEC. Nope. nope. But I do believe these top-tier schools like this have a great opportunity. And then even looking at their schedule, I mean, they get past Kentucky, they'll be 6-0, and and that takes them to to their game against Auburn. And, and they win that one, be 7-0, and go to LSU, and then go to Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah, that's a stretch. So the thing is, is to get your new quarterback acquainted to the league. And then Alabama. Yeah, and he's got to get some experience because at uh, USC. No, no, he didn't, he didn't play too much yeah. out there at USC. So this this going to be good thing is we'll have some games get his feet under him before all this happens. I mean, they got Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa, I mean, Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah. they, they got some pretty good games where they got to hit that stretch and then. Before they end up starting to compete with that and have played in the 
LSU defenses or even Auburn's defense plays really well. Yeah, they do. Or yeah, A&M and then yeah. Alabama and then it's the gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, and some of those schools not just playing against them, you have to go there and play against them. Exactly. So you're gonna they go, go to go. LSU. Yeah, they're gonna they be go in to a hostile environment. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that kid better get his speed up under him quick. We ain't got half a year, but and then the next team that we got on the list right here, we're going down. We got Arkansas. Razorbacks. Yes, Arkansas. Very trendy pick. Very trend, trendy pick. And the, did some research on them and started looking into them and everything. And I think Arkansas season this year can go one way or another. I think it's going to be one extreme or the other. I, I don't see them floating at a six, seven win type deal. They're either going to win seven or eight or three and four. I don't. Well, they're non-conference games. They'll probably win or whatever because they play garbage teams for non-conference. Well, but I think their season can either be great or it can be horrible. Right. Well, off the bat, they do have Cincinnati. Exactly. Yeah. So, which they lost, you know, a yeah. lot. Yeah, they lost a quarterback and DB yeah. and a bunch of a bunch of different players. And the good thing for Arkansas is they got their quarterback coming back. KJ Jefferson will be back. Huge, huge. And then, yeah. like we mentioned earlier, Hazelwood transferred in there. Exactly. Who replaces that Traylon Burks that got drafted. Correct. Crazy part is about the same size receiver. Both yeah. of them 6'3", both of them about 210, 220, something like that. Bad part, though, they only returned three starters on defense. Yeah, three-star defense. They did get some transferred in. They got a corner from Georgia and a, I know a linebacker from uh, Alabama mm. to kind of help out, which, which do have some experience. But it's going to depend now, like I said, as far as defense. And just over the years watching Barry Odom, he does put together a solid defense. Oh, of course. So yeah. he's able to, to make some stops. And that's probably you know what you're going to need, make exactly. some stops. I mean, exactly. you ain't got to you know, completely shut them out, but just make some stops and get off opportunity. Yeah. Points. And a player to look out for on their defense is a linebacker. His name's Bumper Pool. Bumper One of the greatest names in football <laughs> of all time. Bumper Pool. Three-year starter. He has three straight years, over 90-something tackles. He had 125 tackles last year and seven and a half tackles for loss. So, I mean, he's a difference maker. And he's probably, he'll be an all-SEC linebacker, I believe. Maybe not first team or second team, but... He'll be somewhere on there. He's he's going to come out and he's going to perform. Now, he might get a lot of opportunities, depending on how well the offense does for him. But they also have a safety that's coming back. He got hurt last year. But if he can stay healthy, I think he'll be a really good um, Jalen Catalan. He is. He had a couple of interceptions, real lockdown safety, reads the field good, hits like a train, and does fairly well in back in coverage. So, like I said, Arkansas, I think their year can go one or two ways. It can either be an amazing and great year for them again, like they had last year, or it can be a dumpster fire. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedules. Probably the strongest part is in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the season, they have uh, Texas A&M, followed by Bama, uh, Mississippi State, BYU, Auburn. They go to Auburn. Liberty has kind of been an under-radar team. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people better watch out. You Freeze ain't going to be there much longer. <laughs> yeah, under-radar team. So that's the thing is trying to keep your team motivated and keep them up from week to week mm-hmm. and not overlooking someone, you know, because they do have some teams on here with teams like Auburn, 
Or healthy. Projected. Yeah, healthy. Yeah, yeah, projected. That's how they get to that point. Yeah, you can kind of overlook some teams to get some other teams and, you know, get caught, man. Exactly. It it happens all the time. Yep, exactly. And then the next team that we got is Mississippi State. Mike Leach, the gambler. I love Mike Leach. Mike Leach is great. Great for a sound bite. Yeah. You think you think Mike Leach used analytics? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he's a very intelligent guy, but I don't believe he sits back and says, Oh, what does the little sheet tell me that I need to do? <laughs> Hell, he, he don't use analytics. His play calling sheet ain't no bigger than God, it ain't but a three by five piece of paper that he just made scribble marks on. <laughs> it is. If his play calling sheet ain't that big, he definitely ain't using analytics. Yeah, yeah. When you're going for it on fourth down, often, nah, <laughs> that's not analytics. It's Mike Leach analytics. Exactly. Anywhere, anytime, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but they got that Will Rogers coming back. This will be his third year as a starter under Mike Leach's system. Now, I will say this Mike Leach will develop and produce. And, I mean, he throws the ball 80% of the time, but he can produce a quarterback that can sling it. I mean, last year that Will Rogers threw for 4,739 yards, 36 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and a 74% passing completion. Yeah, and I think that just by being being Mississippi State with all the other teams in the conference, sometimes they're overlooked. Oh, yeah. You know, and you don't really see a guy like that, but when you go back, check the numbers, yeah, you think that's solid. Mm-hmm. That's really good year, yeah. especially against the SEC and the defense that they play there. He's putting up Big 12 numbers yeah. against SEC defense. Yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. that's solid. But like I said, sometimes they're just kind of overlooked because you're looking at the – right now the teams just got the attention, the bigger teams in the top three, the, the teams is in the top five and recruiting all the time. Oh, so yeah. they kind of overlooked. Yeah. But he's able to kind of – Which I think is a real testament to the head coach because you don't get – those five-star players. Right. And you're still pumping up and putting out numbers. Yep. You are. I mean, to me, that that's the definition of coaching. I mean, yep. even Jimbo said about Nick, oh, it's easy when you got all the advantages. Right. You know, I mean, when you get all the best players, yeah, it's a lot easier to win. Actually developing and producing them and stuff like that, I think Mike Leach does one of the better jobs of all the coaches in college football. Yeah, and that's a result, I think, of a coach is not getting the best player but getting his type of player. Mm-hmm. And that's that, and I think that's what's happening. Produce just as long as my type is out there. Oh yeah, I can compete. Exactly, yeah. I can teach them how to read a play, defense and all that. It just has to be my style and my kind of player. Right. And I think a lot of people get away from that and just try to chase the stars. Literally, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Oh, he's a five star. That means he's got to be great. But he's not the type of player for your system. So how great or how much is he really going to help you outside of that kid's God given ability? Mississippi State, they have some coming back on defense this year. They got a corner, Emmanuel Forbes. He's a junior, two-year starter. He's got eight interceptions. He might be somebody to look at. And then they also have um, a linebacker coming back, a redshirt senior, Daniel Watson. He had a pretty good year last year, 83 tackles, five sacks. He's a linebacker, so kind of expect, you know, as coming in for his redshirt senior year that he should get over 100 tackles coming into the year. And I think... Realistically, for Mississippi State, I think a bowl game would be a great year. Yeah, I think it'd be an awesome year. I mean, considering you know the schedule. Exactly, and you yeah. look at the conference that they're in, the division that they're in. They don't get a they don't get a day off. They no. don't. I no. mean, and Mike Leach ain't scared to play nobody. I mean, he proved that during the COVID year. 
And he said, oh, we got 38 players. That's fine. They'll play both ways. Let's play. I think he's building something there. I think also, too, the expectations of Mississippi State are a lot lower. So I think that he'll have more time to actually develop and build a program and stuff like that. But I think this year, going 6-6, six and six, going to a bowl game, I think that'd be a pretty good year. I think it's good. It's, it's, it's going to be tough, man. You got a lot of good coaches, not just in the in the West, but in the conference. Mm-hmm. A lot of good coaches, and, and, and they're playing some decent out-of-conference games also. Our next team is a hot topic team of the of the conference is Texas A and M. Texas A and M, number one recruiting class. Exactly, Jimbo Fisher. What are the realistic? Well, hold on. What is the expectation at Texas A and M this year? This year, I think it's it's at least minimum SEC championship minimum or bus. Exactly, that's minimum. How? What's realistic, though? Realistic? SEC championship's realistic. I mean, you beat Nick last year. Mm-hmm. You faltered, though, against Arkansas and Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Do you get up for the big games? Can you close out the games that you're supposed to win? Correct. Because the great teams beat the teams they're supposed to beat, yeah. not just the teams you got to get up for. And that's the only thing I worry about with Jimbo. Is he going to have that hiccup somewhere down the road? Yeah, is he's going to have his guy motivated. But like I said, expectations are high. I mean, for especially the incoming freshman class. Oh, yeah. that's. I mean, expectations for them are going to be high. And um, remember, they're just freshmen. I know. <laughs> I know. But, you know, you got to consider, though, their head's been pumped up. They've been watching, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ESPN. You know, they've been watching the rankings. I mean, a lot of these guys played in the Armour Arnold game. Oh, yeah, of course. So their heads are pumped up. What about... And that's a big thing, too. They have a lot of uh, young kids, but could that actually be their downsides? This year, they're just they're too young. Yeah. I mean, if, if they're depending on them, but I think they have a decent core that's still coming back. They have veteran quarterbacks. Well, and yeah. that's a whole discussion, too, on how that's all going to work out. Yeah, yeah, it depends on which way you lean. I mean, you do they're have— They're going to count their front four to be four freshmen. They lost their entire starting front four last year on defense. On defense line, yeah. yeah. Can I mean, four freshmen in the SEC. They they got a couple. Control. I know they had a transfer coming in, and I think they still had maybe one or two that was left behind. I don't know how productive they were, but yeah. Um, but that's the thing, though. I mean, you got to check balance. My my offense. How much will my offense allow my defense to grow? You know, because that's if another question too. Who's going to be their quarterback? Well, that that's another question because I mean you had Mac Johnson to transfer in, so yeah. Um, just watching the spring game, they all they both did you know solid. Um, it just depends on what's going to take it over the top. Do Jimbo prefer pure pocket passer or maybe one with a little mobility? Yeah, you know because well, I mean you got he started out with Kellerman was mobile. Yeah, which which helped him a lot. So is he, is he looking for a little more mobility, a quarterback, and put pressure on defensive with his legs? Or, you know, it just it's whatever he prefers now. Yeah, because they're um the quarterback they had last year, he transferred out. And then they brought in the one Johnson from LSU. Yep. They had King who broke his leg in the I wanna say the Colorado game, yep. who was kinda rolling it in. And then they bring in the number one pocket passer of the class. That's a very, very loaded yeah. loaded I think I think quarterback it, room. I think new quarterback they'll probably bring him along slowly. Because you have two vets that's there. And Max, Max played a lot of ball, you know, so he's played a lot of ball in this conference, and he's won some games in this conference. So I think you bring the, the young guy on a little slower 
and you lean on the vets a little more. You lean on, I think they're going to have a real good passing game. And how much is that really, like I said, do you help the defense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got to be able to establish a run. They got to put together drives. They got to do something. So for this year, I guess the biggest question for A&M this year, is it all hype or is it legit? I, th- I, I think the coaching staff's legit. <laughs> no, no, ain't gonna play all the game. Well, no, but I mean that 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 comes with scheme. Oh yeah, of course, it comes with scheme. I think I think of course Jimbo, you know, you know he's solid. He can he can put together a scheme to, to compete with anybody. Oh, and yeah. now you got a guy like I said, DJ Durkin, to come over, mm-hmm. who's had a lot of head coaching experience. Oh yeah, that's well. coach that's won in this league at several schools. I mean, he was at Florida at one point. Yeah, then he went over the lane a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that um, he's won in this league as a defensive coordinator. So I think just by having that type of staff that understands, you know, the structure of this conference, they can they can help the team a lot. I, I don't think they'll put, you know, just by being here, they'll put those young guys in position. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think they would put them in position to fail. Yeah. I don't. I think they put them in the best position. The only thing I just worry about is just them being so young. Yeah. They don't have a decisive quarterback right now, and they're young. Now, can they find a quarterback? Of course. Of course. Can the kids grow as the season goes along? Of course, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and it could turn out to be a great year. I, I just, I think this is one of the things too that you know you just kind of got to wondering, you know, what I'm saying which way is it going to go? All right, the next school we got here, <laughs> the storyline of the other off season, um, the Auburn Tigers, Ryan Harson. Yes, there's is a, he the right coach for the job? There's a lot of unknowns, man. Is he going to even be allowed? There's a lot of friction going on over there right now oh yeah and the only thing that saved his job was his buyout in the offseason was 18.3 million dollars and yeah. they just paid and bought out gus Malzahn. and he might survive the year it drops to 15 million but 15 million i guess maybe they could spread why was there i mean too many people leaving yeah mixed feelings man they lost coordinators after coordinator after coordinate players dude they lost a lot of players exactly in the transfer play. and a lot of them with defense and defensive line mm-hmm. um to pinpoint a one area it's, it's gonna be tough man building that chemistry back because i mean everybody like i said is coming in is fresh who knows i mean can you pull it together it's gonna be tough week to week with the teams is already established oh yeah <laughs> of course i mean they had the number 18 recruiting class last year. And then last year, you know, they started 6-2, and two, but then they lost the last five straight. Yeah. Another, another question, like a lot of other teams, who's the quarterback going to be? They lost Bo Nix. In uh, my opinion, I'll, I'll sit on about that. They do got the transfer from A&M that started yeah. 10 games there last yeah, year. Cazado, yeah, Cazado. Yeah. And then they got a quarterback, I guess, that they traded Bo Nix for at Oregon. Is at Ashford. And right. then they have T.J. Finley, who they had. They played at the end of last year. Yeah. They I don't know. Do. I don't know. Uh, jury's out. I mean, I watched a lot of Finley, but, I mean, he had his spurts as, you know, as far as playing well, but then the, he would disappear. But that's the thing. With with so many good teams, you don't you don't really have that time. And he has that Cam Newton body style and type and everything. Yeah. And I wonder, too, if, you know, because of the success that Cam had at Auburn, 
does the, the fans at Auburn think, okay, we need that style of quarterback. That's going to be the type of quarterback that gets us over the hump because, honestly, it was. I mean, that kid, he's, I want to say he's like 6'4", 6'5". Yeah. I mean, he's a big old boy back there. Yeah, but that's, and then that's the thing as far as Harson. Harson never coached a guy like that. You know, no, no, none of his quarterbacks at Boise State was like that. Yeah, so <laughs> they wasn't. They were more pocket passes at Boise State. Yeah, he so didn't. is he trying to make him that, that that pocket passer type dude? You know that he he's used to, or does he just kind of let the guy be who he is? You know, that's another thing too. It's like, and it's hard to establish yourself like that when he's at. He'll have his third offensive coordinator since the end of last year. Yeah, he fired Mike Bobo at the end of the year. Brought in Austin Davis. He stepped down after six weeks. Said, ah, personal reasons. I ain't here. And he steps down. Then they brought in another guy, Eric K- Kaiser. Kaiser. I don't want to butcher your name, but. And then they bring in a new guy. So at the same point, even during your off season that you're trying to work out or get better or go over the playbook, coach gives you three different books. Yeah. Which one we own? Yeah, that's something they just gotta, uh, I guess, be working out right now, man. In the off season, <laughs> it's like, look, I mean, do we stick with Brian? What I, what I know, he's 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 a pretty good coach, though. So. Oh yeah, he's a pretty good coach, yeah. so he can get some results. But fan base wise, are you are you sold on him? Are you gonna be patient enough to wait on him? You know, because everything's changed, though. I mean, the landscape changed. It's not like he can just recruit anymore. Oh, yeah. No, not with his NIL and transfer portal now. No. I mean, they showed signs of greatness last year. They should have beat Alabama. Yeah. They only yeah. lost by two, and they should have won yeah. that game. Yeah. Let's they see there should've. again. They lost a lot of those players. Oh, yeah. A lot of course. those dudes transferred out. They don't have much time with it. What it starts with Penn State? Mm, I believe so. Yeah. And then, I mean, so this is the thing. So can he steer the ship, or is it going to sink? Moving into, what is this? This will be year three. I mean, that's something that he's going to have to work on and get better at and try to figure out and everything. Let's or, see. You know, at, at Auburn, I mean, the expectation's high. It yeah. is. You're going to beat Alabama or you're going to get fired. Yeah, it's, it's and, and Georgia's and just the strongest. And Georgia, exactly. Know, rivalry, man. And now their top two rivalries are top two, probably. Top two teams <laughs> in the country. Yeah. And you're, if you don't beat one of the top two teams, if not both of them, they're going to fire you. Yeah. That's some hard. That's big shoes to step into. Real big shoes, yeah. It is. So the last school we got in the SEC West is LSU. Yeah. What a fall from greatness. Yeah, the dancing coach. Two short years. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they. I guess they figured they got their coach now, Brian Kelly. Yeah, I thought that. I think the mindset was go big. Go yeah. big. Go big as far as coaches. I mean, because they didn't really, as far as my knowledge, they didn't really, you know, check the landscape for coaches. They, they kind of zeroed in on who they wanted. Mm. Um, which it, it, was, it was reports, though. They did contact Jimbo. That was a report also. Yeah. But they, they probably limited as far as coaches they were kind of looking at, and they were just going to go for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, 10 years, $95 million? Oh, yeah. they went for it. Oh, they went they for it. They swung big. And they, they were willing to say, hey, what we going to do? We gonna, we're willing to ride. Exactly, and that's what they're going to have to wonder. But what was his, what are, well, <laughs> what should be the expectation for LSU? Now, as, as, far, as, <laughs> as far as fan base? Mm-hmm. Fan base expectations and, and and some of this is on Kelly. You know, he came in in this little introduction. You know, at the basketball game and said, "You're cheering for me now," and I hadn't even won all my games. 
Exactly. Now, how the fan base took that mm-hmm. is is to be exactly. <laughs> is to be determined. Exactly. Um, but expectations is is high considering. I think considering what they did in previous years. I mean, I'm talking about iconic numbers. Oh, offensive yeah. wise. Oh yeah. And Brian Kelly's history mm-hmm. of always being in the college football playoffs. Well, yeah. Yeah, but he was always there. Yeah, he was always there. He was there. He didn't deserve it or they ain't play nobody. Yeah, but he was he was was there. That that's probably looked at. What coach (laughs) outside of this conference or whatever that we can probably bring in that's always in a discussion. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was always in discussion regardless. Oh yeah, regardless, yeah. So I went with that being said, I think expectations are high. He's like, Look, maybe not year one. Mm -hmm. You know, because they're still sorting trying to get a quarterback. You know, they brought in... They're trying uh, to get Jay their Danielson's. depth back. Yeah, they yeah. They lost so many kids. I think because at one point, I, I want to say they only had like 38 kids. Yeah, for the bowl game against Kansas State. Yeah, They yeah. were playing a kicker or something at quarterback in yeah. that game. Yeah, so the reality is, yeah, if you, if you can win eight to nine games this first year, I, I mean, I think that's... Yeah, that should be a pretty good year. Yeah. It should. I mean, they had 10 players got drafted. Mm-hmm. They've had more than a dozen leave. Mm-hmm. They have, and I mean, so like just trying to even get some kind of depth. Yeah, but how long do they leave the leash on Brian Kelly, or how long? Well, how long of a leash do they give Brian? I think Kelly? I think he's getting minimum three anyway. I think because I think their future is the quarterback uh, Walker Howard. I think yeah. that, I think that's their future, mm-hmm. and they know this year he may not start, and they're going to look at it and say, okay, well we got our quarterback and waiting yeah. right there. Oh, so. Yeah. Now they're looking for him to improve probably next year. Um he may take the rim. I don't know. I mean Danielson has. Um JT Daniels, I, this is last year. He might have one more Jaden Daniels, right? Yeah. Or JT Daniels. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he may or may not. So depend on that. So and then next year, Howard probably getting get start getting reps. So I think that year depends on how you do the solid, but then I think year three they're looking for a step. Oh yeah, I mean they got to. Yeah, three. They and it, and like I said, it's going to depend on also recruiting. That's exactly. gonna be huge. Exactly. I was just about to touch on that. That's huge. The first thing that man should have did when he got that job was lock down the state of Louisiana like Les Miles did. Yeah. Cause Coach O couldn't do it and he was from there. Mm-hmm. He couldn't. And mm-hmm. people started coming in and taking kids out of Louisiana, say what they want about Les Miles, which I think was a pretty good coach. She's had some off-the-field issues or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, still, as a head coach, I think he was a great head coach. He just ran into a buzzsaw. If Nick Saban stayed at Michigan State, Les Miles would still be at LSU. Definitely. Because he wouldn't be playing Alabama like that every Well, year. barring any type of allegations. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, Title Nine, or <laughs> yeah. you're sitting in the car with, um, what did he call it? That you're mentoring, and you Good. try to kiss the person you're mentoring. Barring allegations, he would, he would probably be there. Yeah, outside of all that stuff, on yeah. the field, and yeah. coaching-wise. Correct. You know, I mean, I think Les Miles was a great coach at that, and he built that fence around Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And you never came into Louisiana and mm-hmm. got a kid when Les Miles was It was Miles rare, was man. Exactly. It was rare. And if you got him, it was because LSU ain't won him. Yeah, or they were they were already filled as far as exactly. scholarships. Yeah, I was like, well, he's a top running back. Well, LSU got four running backs or whatever, so they're like, well, you can have that kid this year. We'll yeah. let you have him. Yeah. It was. I mean, and Coach O couldn't do that. 
So as Brian Kelly, that would be the first thing I would have focused on. Like you were saying, in recruiting, you got to build that fence. You back got to because you got down two in your division and mm-hmm. one on the outside, which is Georgia. They're always going to be in that top five discussion. Oh yeah, as exactly. far as recruiting. Yeah, and Louisiana pumps out more per capita of Division One and NFL players than any other state in America. Yeah, and the, and the fans know it. Exactly. Is That's that, how rich that, yeah. that, that, that state is. Yeah, just keep our kids home. But then yeah. now, like I said, and, and some of it to his part is, I don't think he kept a lot of the core there. I understand, you know, you want you, you want your guys in there that you're used to being familiar with, but you got to keep some of the familiarity there. Um, I know they did bring back Frank Wilson. Yeah. was a well-known dude um, in Louisiana. So he's helped kind of help hold things down, but... I mean, lose a guy like Corey Raymond, dude. Oh, that, yeah. That's big. Yeah. That's big. And now you got a guy like him that can probably come back in that state and get some of those kids. Mm-hmm. He's from there. He's, he's one of them. And then you got, of course, like I said, Nick and Jimbo is going to come in there and Kirby's going to come in there. Excellent. So, I mean, how did, you got to fight them off. Yep. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. I mean, they have to get him in there. They have to get the quarterback situation figured out. They do. I mean, mm-hmm. they got one of the top wide receivers in the country. Right. And that, Kayshawn Booty. Right. And I would hate to see his talents be wasted because they don't know who they want to play a quarterback. That kid right there. I mean, yeah, granted, this year he'll get double teamed a lot. He will. He'll give other players an opportunity. But it just seems like whenever he's going to make a play, mm-hmm. he's going to make a play. Yeah. And and Kelly, gotta, he's got to keep that same demeanor. Because you can look at it when he played against the SEC. A lot of times in the championships or playoffs or whatever, mm-hmm. it was a lot of scrimmage. Yeah. That was the difference. It's hopefully he learned from that. Yeah, now going to play him every week, not yeah, once a year. Yeah, line of scrimmage, dude. <laughs> you got to focus on your line of scrimmage. Well, that wraps up all the teams that we got in the SEC West. I hope we had some good information for everybody. Give them a little insight what we're thinking and what's going to happen. So now we're going to bounce around and hit on a couple other different topics. Um, one of the things that's always big every year, like we was talking about in recruiting, is um, incoming freshmen. Who would be... That probably I would say that we we talked about would be the top five incoming freshmen this year in the SEC. All right, we can go down the list here. Let's start with I think uh, one of the better guys that I've noticed even with the spring game early enrollee Evan Stewart. Oh, the wide receiver from A and M. Yeah, yeah, playmaker, playmaker. And like I said, I don't think he he has to be the number one guy. Yeah. That's the thing. So the focus just won't be on him. He'll probably get in second, maybe third DB. Oh, okay. So he'll have opportunity. He will. Ample opportunity to, yeah. to, to really work. And dude's got blazing speed. Oh, yeah. So that makes a difference. Yeah, I like that Luther Burton, a wide receiver that Missouri got. Yeah. I do number one freshman, wide receiver freshman in the class this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Like his size, he's out of St. Louis. St. Louis has been pumping out a lot of pretty good players here lately. They yeah. have. So I'd like to really see what he could do. I guess they got him to stay home and everything. They have some quarterback issues or whatever, but, I mean, I think that kid right there, when you just got pure athletic talent, I think you're going to have a good year. Yeah, big, big body guy. And, like I said, I think from what they have besides him, I, he'll, he'll be drawing a lot of double teams. Mm-hmm. So so that's going to be something to look at also. Number three guy, Jalen Walker. That, Walker? Yeah, linebacker from oh, Georgia. Oh, from Georgia. Yeah, yeah. yeah Georgia's known – um, for pumping out deep, not just defense play, but line, linebackers. Because, I mean, up front, I mean, you're talking the three, four dudes is taking up pretty much four to five of the guys up front. Exactly. So the linebackers can roam mm-hmm. and just make plays. So Yeah, they're going to be pumping them out. 
And LSU also has them a nice one, too. They do that. Harold Perkins. Yeah, Harold Perkins, one of the top spoken about recruits that was coming out this year, um, at one point, at one point was committed to Texas a and Really? Yeah. So oh, that wow. would have been another five-star on top of it. Yeah, He was committed to Texas A&M. Dang. And uh, decided to take some more visits and, you know, and flip over. The family's from uh, Louisiana. Oh, okay. so, so that makes a lot of yeah. sense. And stay close to the home. Yeah. I mean, well, A&M ain't far from Louisiana, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay in state. <laughs> and we also got that Marvin Jones Jr. at Georgia. Another guy, linebacker, Kirby. You know how to pump him out, 3-4 defense. So he's going to roll in a lot of linebackers. Oh, yeah. He's going to rotate a lot. Exactly. You get a lot of playing time out there. Oh, yeah. You do. Especially if you can play. Yeah, he's especially gonna, at that position. Mm-hmm. He's going to play you. And think of the linebackers he's pumped out. Yeah. Yeah. To the league. Year. And then he lost a lot, so there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, exactly. To get yeah. In. So this, these two freshman linebackers for Georgia, we think it's going to have a lot of opportunity to to make it on Sports Center and the highlight reel because they're going to have a lot, a lot of reps. So those are probably just about our top five incoming freshmen for the SEC to look out for. Heard it here first. Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're going to talk about some of the games to look forward to this year. First off, number one game, and these are SEC West games. They are. Then first off, everybody knows the number one. Everybody circled the calendar, October eighth. I mean, the boxing match. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Meeting at the at midfield two hours before kickoff. Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher lacing up the gloves, boxing. In Alabama and Tuscaloosa. How do you think that outcome will end up in that That's game? That's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm just hoping that both teams at critical positions are healthy. Exactly. Just everybody I healthy. The best against the best. That's it. Everybody yeah. healthy. Uh, no excuses. Mm-hmm. Or oh, this guy didn't play. Or he, I didn't have him for this game. No, I want everybody healthy. Exactly. As, as healthy as they can be. Because, I mean, you're going to get oh, banged yeah. up. But at least play, you know, able to play. Here's another one Alabama has, too. Alabama at Texas, September 10th. Early game. Big noon o'clock. kickoff. Yeah, yeah. That's going to that's gonna be something. So, I think it's, it's circled. Um, Texas would definitely be up for that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, because that's, that's like their Super Bowl right now. Oh, yeah. In Austin? Yeah, yeah. 100,000? Yeah, oh, I know, yeah, I know the Oklahoma game's big. But this this one right here is going to be circled. And and there's a, there's some, uh, some storylines. Sark mm-hmm. used to coach there. Yep. Um, you got several transfers from Alabama that Billingsley went there. Yep. Just yeah. to be noted. Yep. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting game, man. I think Matthew McConaughey will be there. I think Matthew, yeah. In Austin. Yeah, I think Matthew will be up probably on the field. <laughs> For real. <laughs> and that's going to be a good measuring stick. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I'm reading and seeing through other publishers that they claim that Texas is going to be a top five school. Well, hey. Here's the measuring stick. Let's see how you stand. Let's get it out on the field. We ain't even got to wait for it. You see, and you know, it's always one that line of scrimmage. Yep. As soon as game day's over, roll it out. Let's go. That's it. It is. Get done early and get back home. So, and then another game that we got in the SEC West, we got Cincinnati at Arkansas on September 3rd. I think that's a very intriguing game. It's an early game. Yeah, that too. It's an early game in the year, so. Yeah, I mean, you got the whole offseason to prepare for teams. I mean, no one can really prepare for you. They don't know what you have on tape. They can go by the old tape, but you can add some wrinkles in there. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, to try to keep teams off guard 
Um, hard to break in a new quarterback that early against the SEC defense. It's hard, but the, you know, you you give him. I mean, you know, the, you know, the, you know the rule when you got young quarterbacks. You give him easy throws. That's true. That's you true. Know. Yeah, and uh, Arkansas did lose a lot on defense, so I mean, yeah. So I mean, they should be able to adjust fairly well and see if they are who they say they are. You know, I mean, That's it. they got steamrolled by Alabama last year. They did, and Arkansas ain't no Alabama, so let's see where the measuring stick is for Cincinnati in that yeah. game. Yeah, but they're, again, still line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> and with uh, Arkansas having a dual-threat quarterback, Yeah. oh, yeah. And, I mean... Returning. Yeah, and Cincinnati yeah. lost that Sauce Gardner on the DB. Now they got that Hazelwood 6-3 that they got to compete what with on the outside. Do? So, yeah. I mean, it's... Oof. I don't think it's going to be good for Cincinnati starting the year I'm off like that. Out, man. I don't. Another big game that we got September 17th, but we actually got two of them September 17th. We got Miami at Texas A&M. Miami and A&M. Yeah, that's a that's a ministry for, for Miami. Is the um, U back? <laughs> uh, we're going to find out if they're back or they're going to be on their back. <laughs> <laughs> that's been the million-dollar question here lately. Is the U back? We're going to find out, but... But there's a mystery there with the U2 also because they brought in a lot of transfers. Oh, yeah. So you don't know how that thing's going to gel. You that know, quarterback, that guy played really well late last year. He did. He did. And they get A&M early and A&M's young on defense. Yeah. So, I mean, they might – I think that one might be closer than the experts think. Yeah. I we're going to find out. I mean, it's going to be tit for tat. But, like I said, I, I believe A&M's going to be able to score Yeah. because of all the weapons they have. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's the thing is, can, can Miami keep up? And then we also got Penn State coming to the Plains yeah. down in Auburn. Yeah. Not very often a Big Ten school comes down to the SEC. Not often it's a replay. Well, I tell you what, though. James Franklin's kind of familiar with the Yeah, SEC. that's true. Yeah, he knows all about the SEC. <laughs> he does. Been the only one that could do anything at Vanderbilt. But, yeah. And I think that would be a good measuring stick, too, for um, for Auburn. I yeah. I yeah, mean, I, Penn I State think so. lost a lot, but, I mean, they're going to be Penn State. They are. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's critical they, they get that Penn State game early because, I mean, for what they got to go through, dude, their schedule, mm-hmm. it's going to it's gonna be a beast. Oh, yeah, it's going to be rough on them. Yeah. yeah. It is. And then we got Auburn and Ole Miss October 15th. I picked that game because I think that game's interesting because I don't really know how Auburn's going to be playing right then, but it starts the gauntlet for Ole Miss. Then it's the next week that they go to LSU. The next week after that, they go to A&M. Then they get a bye week, and then they get Alabama at home. So depending on what Auburn is, I thought this would be an interesting game, is would Ole Miss overlook Auburn because they got to go to Ole Miss next week? They got to go to a Are they thinking and looking too far down the road that maybe an Auburn team who isn't as good as Ole Miss could pull off a victory because they're looking ahead? Correct. But uh, there's something I noticed about Auburn, though, just watching the spring game was mm. they relied a lot. I mean, it's a lot on the running back. Oh, well, a of lot. Course. It's like that's the offense. There's no confidence if, in that if, quarterback. If he not rolling, I'm just in the run game. If the mm-hmm. run game ain't rolling, dude, it's, it's pretty much, you know, pedestrian offense. Yeah, so that's going to be pretty interesting on how that's going to end up playing out. And then one of the first games of the year we got in New Orleans, FSU at LSU. FSU, that's that's the measuring for both of them. Um, yeah, we have no film. Well, Florida well, State can. will because they'll play Duquesne or whatever. Yeah, the week well, Brian's before. pretty. He's familiar. He's played them before. Oh yeah, that's true. With right? Notre Dame, in Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah they played. Yeah, they before. coached each other against uh, played each other well, last year. Yeah, and during COVID. Yeah, so yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. yeah they pretty familiar. <laughs> yeah, so you got ideal. 
He does. He knows that they won't be able to stop him, and they got a quarterback that's scared to get hit. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll leave that up for another episode. Um, and then the, the last game that I highlighted here, I got Tennessee at LSU. Believe it or not, this is the first time that Tennessee has been to Death Valley since 2010. I pray that it's a night game. Yeah, and a, and they're healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they've been getting a lot of night games. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of night games that's been coming out lately, and there's been a lot of night games scheduled for the SEC. But that's crazy, being such a big conference and two big names in that conference that it's the first time they've met in 12 years. Yeah, yeah, and there's no excuse because even even when you did have the realignment when A and M uh, and Missouri that, came over. Yeah. It's still, still, you you gotta you gotta do that rotation. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you gotta set it up to where they can play each other. I mean, they played each other thirty two times before twenty ten. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you can each year. Because I know each year, and it should have been done. Because it don't take twelve years to roll even the opposite. Yeah, yeah, from from the opposite side of mm-hmm. the division. Because they always had the crossover. Yeah, and then the one team. Yeah. Well, it's only what seventeen teams over there. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess six. Play six at home and six. Yeah, I guess twelve years is how it breaks down now with the way they got it. Yeah, if you if you it do is. it that way, if you're, whenever you play over, yeah, you got your crossover. But still, it should be. You would think that other team because there's only what seven teams over there. Yeah, seven and seven. Yeah, so there's only seven teams on the other side. So yeah. within seven years. Well, yeah, have, but you're talking about coming home and home. Yeah, go home and home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And we really won't talk too much about the hot seat in the SEC West. I don't really see it anywhere. Maybe Auburn if mm. they if they fall off the cliff or whatever. But, I mean, outside that, I don't see Mike Leach going anywhere. I don't see Lane, Jimbo, any of them going anywhere. Hardson, he's got to get it turned around. We all know that. So what we'll go do now, we'll go over who we pick for our offensive player of the year and our defensive player of the year and our freshman of the year in the SEC. So me, I'll start off. My offensive player of the year is that Chris Rodriguez, that running back from Kentucky. They lose three starting offensive linemen, which I read about after I picked him, but I still have confidence in him coming out and putting a good putting a good scheme together. I like Mark Stoops. So, Taz, who you got for your offensive player of the year? Offensive player, I think I'm going to go with offensive player. That's interesting. It's real interesting. I'm going to go with just off the radar, just not a homer. But I think healthy. I, I'm going with uh, Anthony Richardson. I think he can have a really good year yeah. in Napier's system. Yeah. I do. I think it's all going to come down to him having a really good year. Yeah. For them to have a really good year. Another thing is important, too. You got to win games. Exactly. You got to win games to, to, to be even considered. I mean, it's rare that you get a guy that, you know, that didn't really win games to be offensive player of the year. It's exactly. Like, Especially at quarterback. Yeah, you didn't win. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially at quarterback. So, um, defensive player of the year, I think it's pretty unanimous. I don't know if he will be the best player. I just think with the hype and everything coming in, that they're going to give it to him. And I do believe he is the best player. The end at Will Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, the only challenge he'll have if teams go away from him. Exactly. Like they did Thibodeau. Yeah. And you saw his numbers yeah. just plummeting. Everybody's like, oh, I don't think he's that. No, he's still that great. No. It's just hard to catch a running back when they run the opposite way. Yeah, that's how <laughs> great you are. They're going away from you. <laughs> exactly. You got to try to chase them down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're running behind the line of scrimmage trying to catch somebody. Yeah, that's going to be his challenge. <laughs> that's going to be his challenge. Yeah. He won't be getting one-on-ones. No, no. And he'll be getting double-teamed. He'll be getting chipped by running backs, oh, yeah. tight ends. I mean... 
Uh, I think he'll have a lot of batted balls this year. He just had to get his hands up. Yeah. If you're going to get chipped and you can't get there, put your hands up, try to bat the ball, make some deflection, try to cause a turnover on the back end, do something like yeah, that. Yeah, because they're going to find you. Oh, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. I don't know if his stats will be similar just because of that. Yeah. I don't. Um, so my freshman of the year, I don't know. Like I said, it's just – and you'll see in the next episode, I'm kind of high on this kid, Luther Bird, and this wide receiver from Missouri. Yeah. I am. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a pretty good year. I think he's gonna have a lot of opportunity. So who you got, Taz? I'm gonna go. Like I said, I think I'll go with Evan Stewart. I mean, this kid is phenomenal receiver, and yet he don't have to be the number one receiver. That's yeah. the thing. That's a good point because that Luther Burden is gonna be that. Oh, he's gonna one be receiver. that dude, and he's gonna draw a lot of attention. <laughs> he's got to be that dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, why they signed him. Yeah, so he's not gonna be the number one guy. So you're not gonna solely. Focus on him because if you start focusing on him, they got dudes on the outside. Oh yeah, of course. Get you alive and tight end. So yeah, I think that's a really good pick too. I wish they played each other. We see them line up, see who puts up the best stats in the game. But maybe, well, no, they won't. But I mean, <laughs> you just have to match them against this team and that team. Yeah, exactly, know? exactly. So now we'll do our division predictions before we wrap this up. And for me, I got SEC West. I have it going or Alabama, Ole Miss. Texas A&M. I got Ole Miss over A&M, like I said, because I think they're young. I got Alabama winning it because it's, I mean, it's hard to pick against them. After A&M, I got Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to have a pretty decent year. Like I said, they can go either great or horrible, so I put them dead middle at fourth. I got LSU following them. I think they'll do a little bit better. They just got to build a lot of depth. Then I got at the bottom end, I got Mississippi State finishing sixth. And then I got Auburn at the bottom, unfortunately. But they they got to get it figured out there. They do. So that's my prediction. I got Alabama winning the West. Taz, who do you got? I got uh, to lead off. I'm going to go against the grain a little bit. I'm going with Texas A&M winning this one. Heard it here first. That's it. I think I think that little spat added a, a little, little sauce to that game right there. So I, I think A&M, it's going to be solid. I think the guys are going to be pumped. Uh, so I'm going with uh, A&M first and then followed by Bama, of course. And then I'm going to go with Arkansas. Mm. Uh, Arkansas has been pretty solid the last couple of years. Sam Pittman under the radar. Uh, lost a few close games. Yeah, that few, is true. Yeah, a few close games. I mean, was able to beat A&M last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to go with them. And then I'll follow LSU. I think Kelly, um, there's, although, the you know, it was pretty much stripped of the team. I think there were some pieces left behind that Kelly can work with, some others that he brought in that kind of solidify that team. And then I'm going to go with Lane Train. Uh, Lane Train, I think he's going to put up some solid numbers. I want to see the freshman, see what he do, see if he can hold up, uh, checking the defense. Because, you know, there was a couple of times, man, I thought Lane was going to pull some stuff out kind of disappoint me on defense side. You know, that's a really good point. We didn't talk yeah. about that earlier. Yeah. That is true. Can I just disappoint me on defense side? And then uh, I'm going to follow with Orban and then Mississippi State. All right. So you got Mike Leach at the bottom. Got Leach at the bottom, but I, uh, that, that was, it was hard, though, because I wanted, <laughs> you know, to put Leach right above Orban, which, you know, you might you might have got that one right because they got to return the quarterback versus Orban, not even sure what they got going on. So Yeah, so it should be very interesting. <laughs> It will. But that's our SEC West preview show. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Like I said, don't forget to like us, subscribe, check us out. Go to Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, 
We'll be available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Just look us up, College Football Sunday. And that wraps up our show today. Taz, thanks for coming in. We'll have to do it again. And look forward to the next episode. See you.